This is a podcast from Rover. Welcome back. Here's something a bit different for you on the program. Dr. Andrea Graves has a doctorate in animal behaviour science. She's put pen to paper and she's got a book out called What Your Chickens Want You To Know, Backyard Chicken Keeping in Aotearoa. She joins us now. Andrea, great to have you on the show. How's things? Hi, very good. Thanks very much for having me. No worries at all. I was interested in this one because it's one of those things now that I know that lots more people are wanting to uh, to do or get into is uh, keeping a few chooks in the, in the backyard. This book would be right up there, Ali. Well, I hope so. And I have to, I did actually start writing it about 10 years ago. You know, I just did it in little bursts over the years and... Um, not knowing, of course, that this trend would kind of grow, but it does seem to have, which is um, which is great. And I do hope it helps lots of people. Is it one of those post-COVID things where people are starting to, you know, look a bit more at getting back to nature, that broad umbrella term, but this kind of falls into that a little bit, do you think? Yes, I did notice, it was certainly just before that um, first lockdown, you know, we all those of us who were keeping an eye on these things knew it was going to happen and there was this um, this rush on chooks. I had to drive like an hour and a half to buy some new pullets. Right. Um, you just couldn't, yeah, everyone wanted them. I think there is this kind of awareness that actually things can all turn to rubbish and it's kind of nice knowing that at least you can get a little bit of animal protein in your backyard even if you've got no other way to get it I don't know and whether people are thinking that consciously or some kind of subconscious urge I'm not sure but it's definitely a thing yeah it really is when did your um, I don't know if I can call it a love affair but your interest in chickens start anyway for you well um, I didn't grow up with them and although I vividly remember a rooster called Mr Charlie on my grandfather's farm but he lived a long way away so <laughs> but I've never forgotten Mr Charlie I do find roosters to be such beautiful spectacular creatures um, I actually I, I was just in the world of animal behaviour and university studies and the person I ended up um, working with she was my supervisor worked with chickens doing these incredibly elegant experiences experiments so that's how I came to know them and it was kind of quite fake like they were inside in these rooms it wasn't like keeping them at home but they were just so interesting and um, so I I, I did the work with them and I ended up going onto some commercial chicken farms as well and then got back to New Zealand and when I ended up with my own house and a property and children I just had this incredible urge to get them. Well, one of the things that we're hearing more and more about is um, when it comes to animal welfare is uh, the lo- along the lines of, you know, their the, the primal instincts and, and, and allowing them to, you know, to, to be able to realise those. And that's one of the things that comes through in your book, uh, Primal Instincts, and allowing the chicken to, you know, basically behave as it's developed throughout its evolution and to be able to realise that, in, in, you know, in, in that backyard environment. Yeah, so that's exactly it. And that's how, um, that's kind of the whole approach of evolutionary biology. Although you don't need to be an academic or have gone to university to understand this. It's just kind of something we get, don't we? Like, how come we love going for bushwalks and swimming in a lake or whatever? We all feel it. Mm. And um, so with chickens, what we um, look at as a starting point is, is where they evolved, which was in um, Southeast, Southeast Asia. They're, they were jungle fowl, and they can actually still interbreed with, with the red jungle fowl. Um, and so humans have been keeping them for about 7,000 years. It's a really long time. Or 
keeping them, you know. Mm. It was much less formal than that to start with. So they lived at the edge of jungles, um, along little streams, so not, not in the dense jungle. And, of course, they've been heavily bred and domesticated over the years, but, you know, when you do the tests and also when you just actually watch them with a, with a sensible eye and, and an open mind, you see that that's still the kind of thing they want. So they're not usually in the middle of the lawn. They'll be under the shrubbery at the edge of the lawn, sorting through the leaf litter. They will sleep in trees, and low down branches usually um, if they don't have a coop and have made that their habit instead. So those urges are still there, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that's important and that's probably where the book uh, has its real benefit because people like the idea of this sort of thing but you need to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, that's exactly right. So although I came to this from a kind of academic point of view, that is, you know, I'm an incredibly practical person and I want to make it so that in the Kiwi backyard whether that is in town or whether that is in the country, when you come to this for the first time, you're like, where do I start? And how big should the coop be? What should be on the floor of it? How high should the perch be? How chunky should it be? How big should the nest box be? Just all these little things that, in fact, if we'd all grown up keeping them, we'd probably know. But again, I think we should all keep an open mind and look at better ways of doing things. And... um, yeah, so just kind of a, a beginner's guide, but with that kind of extra information of actually some of these studies have been done. So do they prefer like a narrow perch or a wide perch? And they've, they've done lots of studies to ask chickens the stuff and tested the difference. So I've just kind of grabbed the information and turned it into practical uh, how-to kind of kind of approaches. Yeah, and it very much is that. Um, how clever are they? They, they seem quite um, smart creatures. <laughs> Sometimes you think they're incredibly smart. Sometimes you think, oh, you're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, they really are. I was just thinking yesterday, I, they were on the other side of their run and I threw them a tiny snail. And, you know, they know, I don't even know how they know, that they can even see or detect what it is from so far away and bang, they know it's a snail. Whereas if I'd thrown in something they weren't interested in, and just like totally ignore me. I mean, especially with finding food, like you know, catching a cockroach or even a mouse. They, I haven't seen it, but they can catch and eat mice. They're very, very quick. They they know if someone's different, someone different's in the backyard. They'll kind of you know stay away a bit. But if they see me, boy, they're they're to the front of their mm. their run, wanting some the, the latest treat, which is usually silver beet. Right, really? They like silver beet. Okay, that's they interesting. They really like silver beet. There was a chicken had, uh, had come up the uh, the driveway at our place from the, the next-door neighbour who's who's a farmer, and he's got a great area, um, you know, for for his chooks. And, um, and and it came all the way up, a decent walk up the driveway uh, to our place. And um, they're like, well, how are we going to, uh, you know, get this chicken back down to, you know, because it was just following people around, you know. And um, I uh, took it on a walk, <laughs> and uh, I just said, um, you know, like, come with me, so sort of deal and um, it followed me all the way back down the driveway through the gate and uh, back into its area and it it was like it was like a it was like you know I was calling it like a dog effectively like come on come on you know that sort of thing it was quite hilarious but it followed me all the way back down and it had just no qualms about it and I thought okay yeah there's something going on there yeah, yeah, there definitely is. Now, I have had the same experience. Isn't it funny? You may, you may actually secretly be a chicken whisperer and not know it. <laughs> well, that's what they call you. Well, I'd really like to think so. But I also think that they kind of sense 
if you're calm and confident and you know you're just calling up come along come along and there's some kind of recognition between the two minds the little bird brain and the the big human brain and yeah I've had that happen too that's hilarious it's always happened I can't say it's always happened though yeah, well, this one was a very compliant chook, so, you know, things yeah. were good. And, uh, you know, the story ended well. But um, there is absolutely no doubt whatsoever that the eggs you get from a backyard chook compared to something you might buy in a store, uh, there is just no comparison. Everyone says it when you have them. It's just like, wow, they, these are you know, they, these are something else. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? I really love I really love having my own eggs, and it's a bit it's a, it's a bit tough when you go to stay with someone else and you you run out of your, your, your the eggs you no doubt have taken them as a gift, and you're onto the supermarket ones. But yeah, I'm re- also really into um, making sure the birds have plenty of um, extra stuff other than the food you buy in a bag, like the silver beet, the cockroaches, the snails. I've got heaps of ideas for enriching kind of things because um, that helps. It helps make, make the eggs better and actually healthier as well. Well, if you are looking for um, some advice on keeping chickens in your backyard, you will go a long way to find something that's better than this. It's called What Your Chickens Want You To Know. And uh, the author is Dr Andrea Graves. It's been great to have you on the program and uh, all the best with the publication. I'm sure it'll go very, very well. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, I, ho- I hope it helps people. couple of stories from the red meat sector to finish off on today. Alliance Group has announced that CEO David Surveyor will be leaving the co-op in 2023. He's returning home to Australia after eight years in the role. April 2023 is when he'll be finishing up with Alliance Group. And also see that uh, our red meat prices are still going pretty good. $777 million worth exported during September, a 21% increase on last year. This is according to MIA. There are signs, though, of a slowdown in some key markets. That is our show for today. As always, thanks to the team at Netsby, netsby.net.com. NZ Mark and Leah next.